Welcome to In This New Season, where we're learning this life again and again. Fuel Your Body is an island-based subscription meal service offering premium high-protein meals. They offer over 70 choices and they rotate and their produce is all sourced locally and cooked fresh weekly. There are 11 convenient pickup fridge locations across PEI or you can opt for home delivery where your food will arrive in cooler bags with ice packs, which is very convenient. So convenient. That's what we've been doing and it is amazing. (laughs) I think that Fuel Your Body makes such an amazing gift for somebody who just had a baby. Yes, yeah. I also know with adjusting to kindergarten in our house, having my lunches ready to go has made the morning go so much smoother. For you, our lovely listeners, they have given you 25% off your first order using the code FYBSEASON, spelled out, and you can order yours today at eatfyb.ca. Welcome to the podcast today. We are so, so, so excited to have Bonnie Scott here. I have been counting down to the day that we get to do this recording. I can't thank you enough for being here. I was just trying to think back to how I came to be familiar with your work. And it was truly, it really was just through the power of Instagram. (laughs) Somehow I saw a post of yours shared. I immediately started following you and I've been following you for months and I just reached out on a whim hoping we could potentially have this conversation because I truly feel that your work is so, so powerful in the world right now and is just not something I've seen being done by a lot of people. And I really wanted to just tell more people, well, I'm sure lots of people know what you're doing, but tell people around where I am, what you're doing and, um, and just kind of learn more from you because I think that you're, you're just bringing so, so much to the world right now. So oh, thank you. Thanks thank for you. Being and listen, here. this is I want you to know, you know, it's been kind of a struggle for us to get our schedules together and everything, but it's an honor to be oh. here. It's oh, an honor for you. you to ask and to reach out. And and um yeah, this work, I I feel the same way. Like it's super important. Yes. So I want to get into your whole journey and how you came to do this. And I I just am going to share, we were trying to think about how would be the best way to explain your work. And I thought about doing a bio and I, I came across your website and I thought, I think this is the most accurate representation or the clearest way of just getting at the core of how I understand your work anyway. Um, so, so what it says here is that Bonnie Scott is a life coach and an adult child relationship coach, meaning she's a relationship coach between adult children and their parents. So are you often working with, like what generations are we talking about just so that our audience knows? Would that be like baby boomers a lot of the time? The word would be yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, I, I have worked with clients in their 70s, approaching their 80s, all the way down to a 30s usually. Yes. Sometimes 20s reach out to me, but I would say 30s is when it starts really brewing. Mm, okay. I love that. So what you wrote here was, if you want to create a healthy connection with your adult child, then you get to show up as a calm, confident mom. But what does a calm, confident mom look like? And then you have these examples that I absolutely loved. You put, if the adult child says something like, you always liked my sibling better than me. And, or you could replace that with any adult child complaint. The mom might respond, please tell me more. I want to listen and learn from you. But 
What happens much more often is the adult child complains to you, your heart rate increases, fear takes over, and your brain is spinning with thoughts like these. This kid is so ungrateful. I did the best I could. Defensive. How can she talk to me this way? My parents would never have allowed me to act like this. Offended. I sacrificed everything to give him a good life. Now he's telling me that I was a horrible mom. Victim. I'm so sorry. Please, I'll do anything to make it right. Desperate. Once again, I screwed up. I never should have had kids. Worthless. What a liar. None of this ever happened. Judgmental. You end up trying to explain to your adult child why you did what you did, and often your adult child hangs up believing you really don't want to make the relationship better. The reason you react this way is because you have a primal brain that sends you into panic, and you aren't able to respond from your evolved higher brain. You end up bursting into tears or ranting in anger or both, but you still don't have the connection with your adult child. Wow. (laughs) This just blew my mind. It was so beautifully articulated and clear. And I just see examples of this all the time. And I thought, how did you, how did you come to know this? How did you, how did you end up? Is it also says you were an accountant for most of your career and then made a, (laughs) made a change. (laughs) How how did you discover this niche? Like what brought you here? Oh, that's so interesting that you asked that. So, uh, well, let me just put it this way. Last spring, I was asked to do a summit and I was asked to write up my bio. So I thank you so much for just reading that. That made it so much easier. <laughs> and uh, my one of my adult children was at my house and I said, um, oh, I'm having to write up this bio. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know what to say. And I read whatever I had. And she looked at me and she goes, serious? Serious? <laughs> That's what she says. She goes, you have forgotten the most important part. I said, okay, what's that? She goes, us. If you had not had this group of adult children, you would not have a business. Do you realize this? <laughs> and I started laughing. I said, you are so right. She said, if we had not had this problem, this problem, this problem, like, what would you do? You would still be at a a CPA. I go, oh my gosh, you know, you're actually right. So I changed my bio to say, I want to thank my adult children for all the experiences that they have given me. (laughs) And she said, that's really the truth. Like, thank you very much to us. So that's why you are a bigwig. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) How many children do you have? Um, I, we have a blended family of uh-huh. seven children. Oh my goodness. So yeah. Seven. And yeah. you're all living in Idaho or some of them? No, no, no. Some are in Idaho. Some are in Texas. They're okay. all kind of, All spread yeah. around. Mm-hmm. And what's their ages? What's the age range of the seven kids? Oh, well, um, the baby is 31. And the, let's see, how old is Michael's oldest? I think he may be. Uh, like 48 or 49. So a nice big spread. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, My husband is that. a little bit older than I am. So here we are. Yeah. yeah. So as I was raising a couple of my stepkids, I would have been a a teen mom if I had Mm-hmm. Birth them. Birth so them, that was kind yes. of interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did, so is that accurate what your daughter said that it's thanks to yeah. our relationship that I came to discover this? So how did you, like, 
if you, if you didn't exist yet, like someone to help you, <laughs> how did you do it yourself? And what did that look like? What, what were the challenges you were experiencing? Um, honestly, it didn't start out with my adult kids. Okay. So really how I ended up being an adult child relationship coach is it really started out with me. Mm-hmm. Just in my own relationship with me, it was like a self-discovery yeah. for me, just like being, just realizing that uh, I had spent a lot of time, I think, at different sections of my life being a victim, but I, and people pleasing, mm-hmm. right? And like trying to be the good girl, you know, just did, like this is just the way I lived my life. So, what happened for me is I I kind of had aha moments. Uh, I was listening. I started listening. I don't even know how to co- a coaching podcast. I, I've looked back. I have no idea how I found that podcast or why I started listening to it. <laughs> I just remember one day I was listening, and I I. I would listen to the coaches and how they would coach the clients. And every day I would think, oh yeah, no, 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 (laughs) no. This is how, like, I could see what the coach was going to say, right? And then one day there was this lady, I have no idea what she said, but I remember I could still see myself standing in the kitchen and this lady calls in and whatever she said, it was me. Mm. And I was going, that's right. That's right. That it's, you tell them, you tell them. And I was fully expecting this coach to say, well, in your case, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what she said, now I'm in the, I'm in the, my kitchen all by myself. It's the middle of the day. I'm listening to this podcast, but what she says is, well, basically you're a victim, you're being a victim. And all I remember is my mouth literally dropped, physically dropped. I stood there. In a stupor going, what? <laughs> like, I just, I can still see that because oh I still gosh. remember my brain saying, you could shut your mouth now. <laughs> I remember thinking that. And I was like, that's not true. That is just not true. Like, she just doesn't understand. <laughs> what so, a powerful I, moment, huh? It was. And so for like uh, at least two months, I, I thought about that. It, it irritated me. It made me oh, mad. Yes. And so, but after a couple of months, I found myself going, Is that possible? It was like a crack. But it took that long just to kind of let that marinate, you know, to be like, was that, was that, you know, being a stepmom can be a challenge, right? So it's like, was that part of the dynamics there? You know, I couldn't see it at all. Mm -hmm. And that was just a life changing moment. It was just life-changing. And I began to, I really began to incorporate all of these things. I was learning. I got a coach. And what, and the second thing that really happened was, uh, I felt like I always had a, a good marriage, you know, a good marriage, like I would say above average, but that shifted. There was just a huge shift because suddenly I relaxed. Mm. Like I was able to just be like, oh yeah. I mean, there was just 
things, you know? Do you know what I mean? There are things that bother so. you about another human. Yes. <laughs> All of those. And you're just like, <laughs> why do they have to do that? And I, I found myself thinking, oh, because that's just what he does. Yeah. Like, it's just what he does. A little space you know? between the the irritation and the reaction. And just to soften. Yeah, it. and it was just like it's just, and then suddenly I was just like, oh, that's just who he is, right? And when I could let, when I could let me be who I was, I could let him be who he was, and everything began. To, I I noticed an actual physical change in our relationship, mm-hmm. and yet he didn't do anything. Ah, oh, yes, it was it was just so incredible. So that <laughs> was where it all started, and then I began just applying what I had learned, you know, in all my relationships, because that's just what happens. The way you do life in one area of your life is the way you do life in oh, yes. most I or all areas. Totally of your agree. Life. Oh my goodness. So the thing that really struck me, I mean, you said so much there. That was so powerful. I've I, you know, relate actually with a lot of what you're saying around when I dove into, I don't know, same thing. I don't even know how I came across some of the podcasts or books that came my way that helped me start to work on myself and realize how I was looking at myself and how I was looking at the world probably was a very victim-y mindset. And that that moment of um, of taking that responsibility in, is it's like normally, it makes sense. Like I love your honesty about how much defensiveness we can have when we get exposed to these kinds of ideas that contradict our worldview that are would be very inconvenient should they be true and yet when we let them in and we start to soften and we start to relax and we build that self-compassion it's so much easier to extend that to other people so I just like you are speaking my language I just I just have really wanted there to be so many of you (laughs) in the world because I feel that millennials like our my generation is very on board with a lot of this stuff. Now, I'm speaking in generalizations, and I'm a therapist, so I see a lot of people who are actively along this path of trying to learn and work on themselves and all that stuff. And yet, I don't, I have just wanted it to become so popular and cool for like people in their 50s, 60s, 70s to do it too, because <laughs> it just feels almost like there's a, I just have wondered about building those bridges because. Mm. It seems like the advice I hear all the time out there is like, well, people can't change except them for who they are. Mm. And and yes, we can do so much internally to create more peace so we don't even worry about them changing in that sense. And yet I keep thinking what I'm noticing happening is a lot of estrangement. It seems to be the result of people often maybe led on the younger side of things where we're like, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate that anymore. That feels not okay with me. This feels toxic and unhealthy. And because it's met with such resistance or there's just seems to be such a a limited space to tolerate that Mm -hmm. discomfort whenever it's brought forward to the adult parent or that, sorry, I guess when you will say the parent from the Mm -hmm. adult child, we bring that forward, then it it can mean that the relationship just just gets stuck and almost the choices start to feel so limited. And what I saw in your work is that so much more hope and so much more possibility of of crossing that bridge together and having mm-hmm. what I think everybody ultimately wants is that connection. 
but there's all of this stuff that gets in the way that I've wondered how how do we build self-compassion how do we build how do we build the stuff it takes to tolerate somebody telling you the pain that they have experienced because of you how do we build enough self-worth mm. to hold that in a generation that isn't actively necessarily pursuing it for themselves and then enter you. <laughs> but that, but tell me, is that, does that, is that aligned with, do, am I getting it? Is that, is that right? How you see it? Or can you, can you help me evolve what, how I'm thinking about it? Yeah, I really appreciate what you, what you're sharing. Um, the one thing I would like to say that I haven't ever Maybe I've put it in a reel once, maybe, but it, it's it, it. I think it meets with some resistance, but I find it to be very true, and that is that the parents. The one thing that it seems, if if you were to separate groups, right, the adult mm-hmm. child and the parent, the one thing that gets forgotten by adult children is they're not really looking at the fact that their parent is straddling two totally opposite generations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And I think there's space to step back and really understand it. A lot of times, like I will have adult children reach out to me just angry and lambasting and you know, blah, 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 and they'll never do it. And, you know, just all of this huge n- negative backlash. And I find it so curious because it's like, wait a minute, just can make some space here because the parent often is straddling a generation of growing up, not being, a, not even thinking about expressing themselves. Okay, let's just say there's no abuse at all. Like this just it just didn't happen. Yeah. And and to the to the adult child, they're like, how could that be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they really and they are really as sincerely like that is just it's alien. It's just I'm laughing foreign. just because as, I, I feel that way. I'm like I, yeah. I, I hear you. I'm like that, yeah, I guess that is I believe you and I bet subconsciously there is a, it's almost hard to hold that framework in our mind of like how it, could that it is have been? like it's like the fact that you have a cell phone yeah you're like the <laughs> world was ever without this right it's like uh, or it's without very a difficult <laughs> yeah right and yet I remember I remember the little dot matrix printers. My husband and I will talk about that sometimes because we remember the first time we got one we were so excited and you know now that would just be Nothing. (laughs) And it's just so fascinating because I I often think, let's just make a little space, a little compassion on each side, because what we're asking is for the parent to have compassion for this new, different, like this is really out of the box, right? Right. For them to be like, what are you wanting me to feel? Like I, I raised you. I love you. Can you not see that? Yeah. Because that's how love was often portrayed. Like that's the only way they've ever seen it. Right. And it's just so fascinating because sometimes an adult child will be like, ah, you're just not getting with the program. Therefore, I'm just going to, I'm walking away. Yeah. 
And it's just so interesting because I'm like, oh, wow, really? Because I think a lot of times for parents, it's like me standing in the kitchen when I'm listening to a podcast. I mean, a podcast that wasn't about me and me having to take a couple of months to just let that marinate mm-hmm. until finally I could allow myself to say, I think I've been a victim about a lot of things. Yeah. Like this was mind blowing. Yes. Right? <laughs> and it's actually such credit to you though, to have let it in. It's like, what had to be yeah. true about you already? What to be someone who was willing ultimately to try that on and really wear it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I you. mean, I'm like, Let's sell that. Let's put that sauce in the world. <laughs> I just love that openness. <laughs> but so I hear what you're saying. It's just interesting yeah. because, because this is where I see where parents are. They, they have their upbringing. And it's interesting because there will, I will get a lot of judgment from adult children saying, yeah, well, just because they were raised in a screwed up way. And I'm like... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> like, like, let's everybody step back here, right? Yeah. You know? We can be tough. We can be a tough but <laughs> it, group. But, but parents can be the same way. It's yeah. not just one to the other. It's just fascinating because I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So we have a generation that literally is trying to straddle two right. total different stories. Yeah, and that is that takes some mind work, like a lot that of stretchiness, heart work. Yeah. And it takes a lot of hard work because it's like, whoa, so have I been raised wrong? Mm-hmm. So and if yeah. I did it wrong and I did it the way my parents did it wrong, did they raise me wrong? Right. And that, there's a whole lot of generational questioning that comes up, right? And so it's just so interesting because then they also are trying to open up and be like, okay, so how do I do this? Yeah, you know, for my adult child who's like gonna cut me off. Like, do I have a time limit? Is it like, you know, so parents come to me with a lot of urgency, mm. and they're and they can be like, I have to fix this now. I have to fix. It. I'm like, why? Why are we in such a hurry? Well, because they're gonna cut me off. I mean, it's just this like the nervous system responses are so huge and. Yes. And I could, you, yeah, can you feel that? It's just like, it's just I, like, I do, but my heart goes out because I think, oh, you're so lucky to work with the parents who feel that. Because what I see a lot is the reverse, which is the adult child who's been cut off from their parent mm. because the parent was unwilling to consider the possibility that you just said, that maybe the way they were raised is up for discussion around mm-hmm how we're going to work in 2023. And yeah, and so there's like, to me, the frantic energy of protection there of like, I want to keep this at all costs. Like what Mm -hmm. a glorious place to start from because what do you do with it on the other side when the parents are like, Mm. no, uh, you're wrong and crazy and I'd rather not, I'm just going to cut you off actually if you're going to make me look at this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even when you tell me that, what I see from my experience is a parent who's afraid. Yes. And and it's like, like, think of this question, right? What does it mean in my life if I've done everything wrong? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
like that's just that's the that's the internal introspection, right? Where it's like if and so and so I can see how a parent would would rationalize a reason that okay, so I'm just going to step away. Obviously, you know this isn't going to work. It's so painful. Yeah. Because and so what I what I tell my parents is I'm like oh, but this is such a beautiful opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this is such a great. It's just like it's been set in your lap. In fact, a lot of times, uh, parents, I will tell them, I'll say, do you realize the opportunity that you're being given to love deeply? Mm -hmm. Because it's not easy. It's easy to love people that love you. Mm -hmm. And like everything you do and everything you say, it's just so easy to be with those people, right? But it takes some work to just, and not work, not love them because you're supposed to, but just fill your heart with love for somebody that sees it differently than you do. Yeah. Mm. And those are the parents I end up working with. Because I do have quite a, you know, I have quite a few parents that they're like, oh yeah, no, no. And I'm like, okay, but that, but I want you to know that doesn't mean that in six months or six years that they won't circle back. Yeah. I really believe they just need time to marinate. They just need time to let that all, to do like I did. And just Because I didn't tell anybody in my family about this. This wasn't an earth-shattering thing in my kitchen that day. <laughs> I just remember, it just kept, it just in the back of my head, just kind of, you know, like the lazy river. It's just kind of la, la, la. And I was just kind of going, that's just not possible. Like, I remember, it's just like, that's just not possible that I would be a victim. I'm a fighter. I'm a strong person. So I had all of these headbutts, inner headbutts, having to kind of be like, but, you know, until finally it's like, but, but just what if? What like, if? Let's just, what if? Mm. Ugh. Just making that little space, right? And I work with parents a lot, helping them learn to make a little space first for themselves. Because here's the deal. They come so beat up. Maybe sometimes by by their adult child, air quotes, but from themselves. Because the only way they know how to fix it is the way they were taught. So they lambast themselves about having done everything wrong, having been, they must have, because what kind of parent would have a child who wouldn't talk to them? Mm-hmm. Except the worst human being in the entire world. I mean, they literally, whoever that is in their mind, that's where they put themselves. They're like, and there I am, you know. Mm-hmm. Silence of the lambs, that's me. Okay, here <sighs> you are. So all or nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like they can't. And I'm like, oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So the first thing we really start working on is like, but can we have just, can we just make a little space? It doesn't have to be a lot of space, but just a little bit for a little gentleness here. Yeah. Just a little bit and a little gentleness for your adult child. Like that what they're having, this is real. Yeah. 
And it's just so beautiful because as parents learn to do that, they're like, oh, oh, I said, this is like, it's just like a different way. It's like a, just a next level. And for some parents, I'll tell them, I'll say, you know, this is like, this is like getting your doctorate yes. and, how to, <laughs> and how to love another human. Oh, like that's really that's what you've so been enrolled for. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like, I said, do you remember when, if your kid, if you took your kids to school, do you remember when you dropped them off to kindergarten or first grade? And some of the children are excited and some of the children don't want to go, but you know, you take them and they start school and you just take them because they have to go. And I go, the only difference here is that you have been enrolled you have been enrolled like your child was into like a doctorate program that you didn't ask for and you're not a little kid and you didn't, you probably don't even want to necessarily do it, but mm -hmm. you've already been enrolled because your kid just enrolled you. <laughs> I love that description. Oh, you're making me weepy for some reason. Um, yeah, it's so, yeah, this just makes so much sense to me. Um the all or nothing thing I see a lot too around um, that idea of if if we were to present something that didn't feel okay, the reaction is very much as if that's a critique of the entire person, the entire life, the entire, like it's almost feels like the communication gets stuck around trying to say, there is so much I wouldn't change. Like vast majority here, great situation, love you, so appreciative of you all of it. And, and there's some things that are in the way of us being as close as I'd like to be, or that just don't feel as healthy as I'd like them to feel. But there's like holding the space for that little piece to enter in while keeping the other part intact, like something crumbles. And it almost mm -hmm. is like, I just see that happening where there's no tolerance for this little, this piece of the challenge to exist alongside all of the stuff we're agreeing is still safe and good and beautiful and and wonderful and and then and then it becomes like they it's like throwing out the whole image all of a sudden mm -hmm. and that gets so confusing and and I've wondered about the connection to that with if 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 someone like my age is able to look at ourselves and our shadow parts and do all of this stuff around like, I'm not perfect and so be it. <laughs> and everyone in my life, not perfect, so be it. Like we, in my viewpoint, often hold quite a bit of compassion for, um, for the shadow aspects of ourselves, for our, 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 in, our fallibilities, our imperfections. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier to do that for the people that extends to all the people we love too. But if we point any of that out, even in a way that feels safe, because it's like, I'm saying this and I still love you and want to be close. It's like all of a sudden being like, we're saying you're terrible because I don't know that the threshold on the other side to tolerate that truth exists. Like if, if the a, a parent isn't as comfortable owning the imperfections in themselves, they either go, they're so defensive and so upset about it and so fearful and so angry about it, or they're, they just are going to totally attack themselves and shut down and say, I'm, then I must be worthless. And it leaves mm -hmm. very little, as you say, like that gentle space 
and mm-hmm. and I don't know what can we do. Like, what have you found helps with that, or or what do you? How do you approach that? Hmm. Well, I I want to I want to comment on something you said about you know sometimes something will be said to the parent and they kind of either become totally, you know, defensive or offended or then it's like blame yeah. whatever they do. Right. But it's not the response the child is hoping for. Mm-hmm. And what popped into my head was I, I immediately started thinking, having the clients come to me that even when they talk about their own childhoods, I would say, oh, a huge percentage. I, I would want to say 100% of the time, but maybe not. <laughs> but very, very high percentage of the time. If they make a negative comment about their parent, mm-hmm. they immediately say, but they were really great. Mm-hmm. Like they really give a, almost a cheerleading. Yes thing and and I think this is part of the this is part of the like the generational hop that is going on here yes because because the the idea when we stop and think about how many generations the immigration immigrants that came mm-hmm. to this country and the the idea of being grateful mm-hmm. for things and there's nothing wrong with that right there's nothing wrong. It's just like so fascinating because it's like, I will tell my parents, I'll say, just because you make this one comment about your parent that might be negative, might be considered negative, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're not grateful yes. for the fact that they cared for you. And yes. And that is so strongly embedded. And I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of benefit to being a child that's grateful, right? Yes. But I think it's so strongly embedded that when the adult child, that's why such a strong mm. emotional response happens when the adult child says, "Look, hey, you know, I I don't want you to show up at my house unannounced." And the parents like, well, "I'm unwanted." I mean, it seems like a yeah. simple thing, right? But it's like I would never have told my mother. Yeah. Do you, do you, because that subconscious gratitude for the fact that you were cared for. Yeah, overrode everything. Yeah, because it wasn't so many generations ago that, uh, okay, so let me give you an example. I can remember when my mother-in-law, who is now deceased, I can remember when she said to me, when Michael's oldest was 15, old enough to, you know, get a part-time job as a kid. And I remember her asking me, did he bring home his check and give us his paycheck? And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And she said, well, did does when these boys, these boys, as they get their jobs, are they bringing their money home mm. to you? And I was really incredulous. I was like, why? No. They're not like this really brought up a lot in her 
And here was the deal. So this isn't very far back, right? Her mother is full-blood English, was full-blood English. And when my mother-in-law was a girl and she was expected to go get a job, I mean, she was expected to go to school and to get a job, that paycheck, which I guess would be the way that an English and probably American actually would do it too, went back to the parents. And then the parents gave you like your little spending money or lunch money, probably not spending money, probably like this is what you get for this one thing. Everything went back to the family. Mm -hmm. And she was personally offended that we were not parenting our children in such a way for them to be supporting the family. We're excited to tell you about our sponsor, Jessica Gallant Beauty. Jessica recently did our makeup and it was so natural and truly fun and delightful spending time with her. Jessica created her own makeup line, which is vegan and cruelty-free, and it's known for the PEI palette, which has 16 eyeshadow shades. She created reflecting the colors of PEI, which is so cute. There's even a shade called Garlic Fingers. And she recently launched the brand new mini PEI palette, which includes six neutral shades from the PEI palette you'll use every day. You can check her out on Instagram at Jessica Gallant Beauty or on her website, jessicagallantbeauty.com. Let me tell you about our sponsor, Ash Green Design. We worked with Ash on a really special project for the podcast, and she turned our vision into a reality and made it seamless every step of the way. Ash and her team joyfully create visual brand identity systems for businesses and events of all sizes. They pour over every detail from the logo, colors, and typefaces to apparel, social posts, and products. Designing the customer's experience at every touchpoint, they take the guesswork out of your creative projects by providing a clear set of visual brand identity guidelines. You can find out more at ashgreen.design, which is spelled A-S-H-E-G-R-E-E-N.design, or find her on social at ashgreendesign. So when we just like, when we can just make a little bit of space to be like, oh, there are generational things yeah. that are just deep there. there. Yeah. And so when, so you can imagine when a child says, yeah, like, I don't want you to just show up at my house, mom, or maybe just like this, mom, I know you love to show up at my house, but you can't <laughs> just come anytime. You know, this subconsciously, your whole nervous system response is like, holy crap, are you kidding? Like something's gone wrong. This isn't the way it's supposed to be because moms are supposed to be able to do that, right? Yeah. Like, But it's just so fascinating because it's like, of course your nervous system is going to respond that way. It hasn't even considered there's another way. And what is wrong with me that they don't want me to come over? Why? Why? Like, what is wrong in our relationship? Something has to be wrong. I have to fix it. La, 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 all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where from the adult child, it's just like, hey, you know, I really love my space and I would like to be honored by knowing when somebody's going to show up at my house because my mom maybe is a clean freak and I'd like to at least put the dishes in the dishwasher because I'm a pig. Okay. <laughs> so now we know the truth, right? But right. it's just so fascinating because the adult child doesn't say that. I'm a pig. I know you love it clean and I want it to be clean before you show up. I don't like surprise visits. When you surprise me, my nervous system gets, you know. Yes. <laughs> and it's just so fascinating because it's just like, oh, of course. And but then the but then it can be construed that the adult child's like, yeah, I try to tell him. And then what does she do? She still comes over. Yeah. That's you are so good at explaining that. This is very illuminating. I I love these examples and 
um, I it reminds me of um, I had to talk with my dad once about um, like basically trying to show some compassion for some of his reactions based on the fact that my grandfather was in the war and likely had PTSD. And like, although there's been very little explained about it, my my view or like my feeling on it is that he had some reactions that were pretty big. And it got shut down so fast. It de- I felt like I had deeply offended him. He was like, I would never throw my father under the bus. Do not ask me about that. Like it was sort of like a I would never, ever, ever say anything about how that went. And there's stories I could tell you, but I won't be. And I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. but it would help actually a tiny bit if you did. But it just like, it was his, I could feel his nervous system was just like, this is not Mm -hmm. absolutely like unacceptable. We will not ever do that. And it's, so this is just really making like that make a lot of sense and how it, it is so not, was just so not allowed to Think about parents as whole beings, maybe, or just not, maybe not even, I don't know if it wasn't allowed or just like not even on the table as a concept or something. Being Mm -hmm. able to view this more comprehensive, like, well, we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to do some great stuff. And isn't that how humans are? (laughs) Like, it just feels more relaxed to me. And it did not feel relaxed in that moment to have that. Yeah, because guess what? You did not air your dirty laundry. Right. The privacy thing. Yes. Which yes, I, you kept, I would say you kept your secrets in yes. your family. That was right? also said to me. Yeah. He said yeah. It's something very similar line, like things stay inside the walls of the house. And it's just like, I like, there is a difference between privacy and secrecy. And there's some of the mm. secrecy stuff does confuse me because it feels so scared. Mm. It feels like such a scared mm. energy that I'm, I don't live with. So it's, mm-hmm. but I'm really trying to hold the understanding or compassion for how that might feel so serious. And so it's like, what, what might happen though, if we were to talk about how Grampy was mm-hmm. affected by the war? Like, why is that, well, who's going to come for us if we make, if we keep that, if we don't keep that secret, mm-hmm. you know, like I just, I don't see the stakes, but I get that to other like to his nervous system the stakes must feel really high or is that well right? it's disrespect yeah it's disrespect for that man and the fact that he served in the war mm-hmm. right it's just so fascinating i would like i can i make a suggestion yes please just throw this out i would kind of really give some pondering time to how you could approach your dad and with a lot of compassion towards your grandfather. Mm. If it were, if it were, are we talking about World War II? Yeah. Okay. This is just, I'm throwing it out. Um, What is that movie documentary? Uh, Boys, oh golly. I'm going to have to think about it. (laughs) It's okay. It's, It's got like six, it's got like six movies and it is very, it is a very true, like if you looked up World War II movies, mm-hmm. it is a very true rendition. This is what the World War II vets said, very true rendition of the way it was. Like mm-hmm. they did a really good job. And if you were to watch that and then um, approach your dad and say, oh my gosh, dad, I, I just have the tiniest glimmer of what grandpa must have gone through. Mm-hmm. And how hard that was for him. 
because even just making that little bit of gentleness there, whether you agree with war against blah, 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 just all that gets set aside, helps your dad a little bit to be like, oh, like this is not an attack. Mm-hmm. Or this is just like how hard that would be. And je- and even, you know, maybe your dad would be willing to watch it. You guys would each watch, take a day and you're each watching the first segment, you know, mm-hmm. so that together you're kind of like you're, you're immersing yourself mm-hmm. in this, in this experience, which would then open up later the opportunity to be like, that had to have been hard mm-hmm. for the family when he came home. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that it's, does that enhance, does that create the safety by, by not only putting out compassion, but, but clearly putting out respect, like saying, I, I am going to respect and honor this experience and that's a given. Is that what? Well, needed? even wanting to know about it. Yeah. Right. Um, I will get the name of that because my, I have a, a child that was, served in the military for a decade. And that was one of the movies that he suggested. He came to mm. me and my husband and he was just like, this is something every American should watch. Mm-hmm. It should be required. Mm-hmm. He said, this is like a really, it's just a really great r- rendition of the experience of what it's like. Yeah. And he was infantry. So mm-hmm. he knew what it was like to be on the front lines of something. So when he saw it, it was very, even though generations had changed and tactics had changed, he was like, oh, no, no, no. And he had that in a list of others. And it was just so fascinating because even when he said that, at the time he told me, like, I did not listen to it. I did not watch that right away mm-hmm. because there was a part of me that was just like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, but there's probably really violent, and I don't want to see that. I don't want to let that into my spirit, blah, 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 blah. And years went by, and then one day it just kind of hit me, and it was like, no, you need to see that because that's a connecting point with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this would be a connecting point with your dad. Right. About his dad. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Because then you have, from your professional experience, then you can just so gently be like, oh my gosh, think of the families when they came home. Like even not talking about his family. Right. Just like the families. This would be really challenging. Because it can feel like a kettle that's too hot to make it. Like I've tried sometimes in the past, even with my mom, to hold a lot of gentleness. We're like, what must that have been like growing up with eight siblings or, you know, the challenges that I understand to have existed. And they are, let me tell you, that door is closed real fast. Like it'll be more like, um, uh, oh, well, it's a good thing I'm so tough. <laughs> There's just no, um, it, it's it's like if I can hold the compassion, but I don't know if if there's a lot of practice or comfort in holding that self-compassion. So it, it can, it, it almost feels like, what do you, you know, again, with the gratitude, like we had enough and it was fine. And like, it's not, there's not a lot of willingness to, to sort of soften into what might've felt painful. And mm. then, and then the occasional time that that has come out, it ends up feeling almost too bitter, like to, almost like, um, 
I don't even know how to explain it. Like not also hard to touch. Also, it's like, and that's been very rare. For the, most of the time, it feels that that it's a uh, a denial of of anything ever having been, um, or having too much of an effect that that's significant. Mm-hmm. And and so when I want to create that closeness around understanding that or really being able to to be supportive in that way, it feels almost like maybe that's a reversal of roles as they understand them or something. Mm. Like that, that's not something they ever would have done with their, like they don't want me to see, they don't want me to hold compassion for their childhood or something. Is that? Is they just that don't know what to do with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, Emotions weren't even well. The first paper when was it written? Like nineteen ninety one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was ninety one or ninety three or something. Like, think about science, right? right? Think about science and everything. So you have to. That's the other thing about the generational jump here. Like, like it wasn't written in journals. It was because it was like Freud and everything. It was like, oh, well, women. Like when women were considered hysterical, they were put into institutions. Mm. Like there was no, there's no room for your emotions. It was about productivity and survival, right? Productivity and survival. Like we got to survive. So when we can just have a little bit of kindness for the I, the societal idea that gener- that emotions were in the way, mm-hmm. that's where we learn to push it, push it down, right? right? And it's just so fascinating because when we just take a little bit of time to learn and be like, it's uh, that they sometimes when we're adult children are asking their parents, they're asking their parents for this. Like they literally, when you're like, I'm trying to hold some compassion for my mom and she kind of just shuts that down. It's like, she doesn't even know what to do with that. Yeah. Like there's a present that's been given to her and she doesn't even see that there's a present. She has no idea. Like it's like she's from another world and she's going, what are you talking about? Like mm-hmm. this is puppy look. Hmm? <laughs> like she doesn't know, but that doesn't mean that she can't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes like bring it or kind of like what I said about your grandpa, bring it around to the back door and being like, you know, mom, if you were one of X number of children and you were a girl, mm-hmm. like you must have had tons of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if she was one of the oldest, the oldest or one of the oldest, like she didn't time, there's no time for these shenanigans of emotions, right? <laughs> Crowd control is everything. I don't know about you, but when you babysit, there comes a point where you're like, okay, everybody just shut up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could talk about gentle parenting all we want, but if you've got two, three, four kids and they're all wailing, there comes a point where you're like, I'm done, I'm done, right? <laughs> and it's just so fascinating because when we just can step back, you know, there's just so much in life. If we could just step back and 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 on the parent's side, not be so quick to judge the adult child that they have a complaint. And on the adult child's side, not be so quick to judge that our parent can or cannot learn or that they, you know, 
it's too bad that society was so stupid back then. It's like, whoa, whoa. I don't know. I think that if I was crossing the plains or I was an immigrant coming from wherever or whatever, I think that work and productivity was probably the primo, oh, yeah, the like, primo thing. It really does make me think about how the only reason we're able to be this um, Oh, what is the word I want? Self-righteous is is due to the privilege that these those generations created for us, right? Like this this war business, and then the productivity focus of my parents' generation, and shoving those feelings out of the way because they were blocking that other stuff. And then all we reaped the benefits, and we're all like, feel, 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 <laughs> all the room yeah. for feelings. It's just it's because of how much that they we're able to to sacrifice and and deal with that we are able to to kind of to hold this very yes. like open emotions yeah i love you <laughs> and so i love you <laughs> if i had a podcast i would have you on it i'd love it <laughs> because it's so interrelated right. you know it's like the opportunity has been the door has been opened for your generation to go to the next level, even though your parents really were not a hundred percent sure that there wasn't like they didn't know there was a next level. They're right. just confused. <laughs> yeah. Right. Aww. It's just like, what's going on? What happened? How come I was the mom that you loved like three years ago and now you hate me and I have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just that balance also of being able to say, just to be able to, Allow yourself to remember the good, whether you're the parent looking at your child or the child looking at your parent. And of course, there are going to be those that will say, oh, well, yeah, you want me to remember the good and put away a toxic relationship, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to assume that you're not listening to this podcast because you're in a deeply toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, it's just, different. Right. Right. But even if you have a parent that had PTSD, like just making some space to be like, oh, her life, her brain probably is living through a level of hell every single day, all day long. And was it fair for me as a kid to have that? Maybe not, but I did have it. Now what? Yeah. And that's kind of like with your dad and his dad. It's like uh, when you're in a family situation with that kind of dynamic and where you're walking on eggshells because you don't want the explosion to happen. Yes. Right? And when PTSD, sometimes what little experience I have with it requires loyalty. Mm. It requires, it's like the safety for the person with PTSD requires the people around them to be loyal to them. Ah. 
They don't, I don't know that that's ever said, except you notice, you do learn quickly that the explosions happen when they feel there's not loyalty. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about that, can you make some space for your dad to be like, oh, of course he's going to be like, I'm not throwing my dad under the bus. No, you'll never hear it from me. Yeah. Because as a kid, that's a danger zone. Mm-hmm even though his dad couldn't help it. Yeah. Yes. And how beautiful it is as the generations go down because now you're a therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's accidental. No. <laughs> I don't think that's accidental. I, think, I don't think at all. I think, it's, I think it's literally then your dad affected you in ways that was like, okay, there has to be more. And your work is the healing work for your family mm-hmm. as you can allow that compassion to ripple up. Yeah. Like it will affect him even if he never shares the stories. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. I don't think it's accidental at all that the, the way that the, the generations you know, how my grandparents affected my parents and how that affected me and all of that. And, um, and now I'm, it's so, it's just what I so desperately want to do is be connected and help Mm -hmm. other people feel connected and, and try to, um, try to hold space for these parts of us that we don't think are lovable and that we don't like to, to create that connection and safety for people and it's trying to figure out how to, wherever the blocks may feel. Like if, if I'm trying to hold space and compassion for somebody and, and see where any of their behaviors or patterns may have come from, but also be able to say, and, it, and I don't want that to continue. You know, there's certain things mm-hmm. that, that I see where they came from. I understand how you learned it. And I, and I, also can't have it continue with me, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I don't love you. It's the couldn't be further from the truth. I desperately want to be connected to you and protect this thing from passing down any further mm-hmm. and trying to find a way. It's really mm-hmm. hard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I can hear the pain in your voice. And that's the beautiful thing that adult children are bringing to all of this because it is an awakening. It is an awakening. Even though, like I said earlier, the adult child has signed the parent up for a class. (laughs) (laughs) And I always tell them, I say, hey, you don't have to go to class. (laughs) Yeah. You could totally, you could be like, yeah. No way, not happening. And you can turn around and walk away. Yeah. But if you if you want to even think about it, this is an opportunity to go to next level love. Like this is an opportunity to open that envelope. Yes. To like just be like, okay, like can I trust my child that this is 
a thing or it's big or it's real or whatever all that is. Because that's the other thing, you know, I don't think adult children realize that their parents, you're asking them to trust you. That what you're asking them to do is worth it. Mm -hmm. And they haven't ever done it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I talk to parents about like feeling into their heart, you know, and getting it, they're just like, hmm, what? <laughs> oh. I mean, because they don't, I mean, except for maybe holding a new baby yeah, or a funeral, you know, I mean, except for like just those, those kind of things, like they, they don't because that just what didn't have a place that right. just wasn't in the lineup. So this whole idea is so like, they can hear the words. They're not stupid, but they're like, but it, it's, it's just like, uh, it, it would be like a bricklayer asking me to lay the bricks. I watched him. I'm like, oh yeah, that's dandy. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep after that. You know, like I am not. Or them signing me up for a class to say, oh, I signed you up for a class. So you'll be a master bricklayer. Yeah. And I'm like, I, maybe I don't want to be a master bricklayer. Well, that may be true, but you have a house that needs bricks. And this mm -hmm. is the best way for you to do it, right? It's just so fascinating because adult children just don't realize what they're asking is for their parent to like, will you, will you walk with me? Yeah. Parent, will you, can we do this together? Yes. And I understand that all, that does, not always, but I also have seen that not always isn't never. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's like me standing in the kitchen, like let it marinate. Yes. <laughs> and believe and choose to believe because you can believe whatever you want to believe, right? So yeah. just choose to believe that it's marinating. Right. That it's getting in there. And I hear what you mean though. Like why would you take such a giant chance if you aren't sure that the what it's worth? Like if, if it's not a guarantee, if you have no sense of, if I do that, there's something wonderful on the other side and it all just seems hard and scary and maybe not even sure you can do it. And, and it calls into question your entire pre-existence in ways that's super uncomfortable. Yeah. I can see why that's not a super enticing offer. <laughs> it's yeah. all the, all the more impressive to me, the people who, who are opting to do it anyway. And I can see why they're coming to you to help them because that would be a hard path to walk alone. You know, mm -hmm. if you were like, okay, I'm going to jump into that very scary abyss, um, I guess, <laughs> but what, I need help to know how mm -hmm. to navigate that. Like that's, I just absolutely love that you are offering what you're offering and supporting the people who are willing to make that leap. And what a difference that must be making in entire family systems, what you're doing. Uh you know, and it's so beautiful to watch. I think one of the things I love more than any is watching a parent be at peace. Mm -hmm. Because they get to the point where they, they're like, oh, I can, it's not all or none. Yeah. Right? I can have compassion for me. Yes. And and learn and admit things to myself that have just been pushed away. Yes. 
pushed down and away for so long because there just wasn't place for it. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful because it's like um, that peace just gives them the space to let their child take all the time they need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like I've got plenty of time and I'm healing and I can just choose to believe that my child is too. Mm -hmm. What do you find that everybody, like what is, what is the adult child and what are the parent, what do they really want underneath it all? To be heard. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are the words they say. Yes. Adult children come to me and they're like, but my, my mom won't listen to me. Da, da, da. I have told her, I've told her, I've told her. And they, <laughs> a lot of times they will come and they will say, um, like, I want you to tell her that she's wrong. Basically, <laughs> they, they will. I'm sure you've had that happen, right? Uh-huh. And then um, parents will come to me and they'll be like, but they won't listen. I'm trying to explain. Mm-hmm. And just that getting that, con- because we have to look back. <laughs> this is before your time, right? <laughs> but you have to look back to Oprah yes. and Dr. Phil, right? This is, these are the parents, like it, that, it was all about communication and how you handled it. And so these parents have feel like, I have been working on this for decades mm-hmm. to be a good communicator. So now when my adult child comes to me, mm-hmm. oh, this is just a communication issue. But I, I get this. All day oh long, my every gosh, day. that makes total sense. This is just a communication issue. If I could just explain yes. my viewpoint, of course, my adult child is an adult and the adult will be, we'll just have this little conversation and the adult child will go, oh, I, now oh my gosh, I, I just didn't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. And really, literally, that is, that is, I, I cannot Oh, I'm say. guilty of that. I mean, I, I loved Oprah and Dr. Phil. So I'm, I'm like, if only if I was just, if I could find the right combination of words, <laughs> I'm confident yeah. it would get through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so parents come and they're just like, but it's just, I just need to explain, but they won't let me, they won't let me, they won't listen. Cause they're like done. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, and maybe, and I'm going to give, I'm going to just throw out an assumption I have nothing to base on, but I'm going to make the assumption that that adult child has come a dozen times. Okay. Okay. Like this is not once. Yes. This is over and over and over and over. Maybe over years. Okay. So I want to give a lot of credit to the adult child that is that keeps keeps coming to the door. Yeah. Okay. But it's just so fascinating because here's what I'll tell my my parents. I'll say. Okay, I know you really want to explain and you need to know the truth. You will probably never get to do that. Mm. And they're devastated. Mm. They're just like, I go, you get to explain to somebody else. Mm -hmm. But it's not important if you're adult child. But right now you think it is important. But in the end, you're going to realize it doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is have you explained it to you mm-hmm. and worked through it, like why all of this was so important to explain, 
what it meant to you to explain, what it meant to you to not explain. What is going on in you? Yes. And they're just like, yeah, but my adult child, (laughs) just like, I get it. I get it. So it's just so interesting because it's like, it's like, yeah, you want to explain, but the explanation is not going to change anything because your adult child, the child part is like, hey, I've finally gotten the courage up to tell you what's in my heart. And you get to talk with your heart not your head. Mm-hmm. And especially for parents in their 70s, that's a little, they're like, okay, okay, I've just contacted the voodoo. For <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm like, no, that's just the truth, right? So it's like, like, we want to take our beautiful brains and all that information and we want to give it a gentle merge with our heart mm-hmm. so that when you're talking to your adult child, you suddenly realize that you have no need to explain. You just want to hear them and help them in any way you can. Yeah. Because you've got the space to be able to do that. Yeah. What do you find that the adult child's really wanting to hear? Like what makes what makes their energy soften? And like how does that dance change when the parent starts to just listen? Well, um, I'm thinking of the adult children that I work with or have worked with. Um, And interestingly, the ones that I work with, now that I'm now that you've asked that question, their parents don't listen. Mm. And they never listen. And here's what's so fascinating is it is the same thing in reverse. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, can we have compassion for ourselves? If our parent won't listen, mm-hmm. like can we can we nurture and love ourselves? Yeah. Right? Because in the end, like sometimes I will tell any of my clients, whatever age, I'll say, listen, there's only one person that's going to be with you till your last breath. Yeah. And that's you. So that person... That's the person you need to be really clear with and honest with, compassionate with, kind with. That's that's the person that, that gets to have the healing. Because once that person begins to feel heard, mm-hmm. nurtured, loved, it's so easy, so much easier to look out at the people that aren't listening. Yeah. Be like, oh yeah, they're just they're just not able to do that yet. Yeah, like it's to, not a personal. It's not personal, right? And not need it. Not need it to come from them to feel okay inside to be able to give that to ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a hard walk, <laughs> but I. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's so it is. Meaningful. I had a, 
I had a client tell me one time, um, she said, and, and I will, I will give her credit. She was really putting, doing the work, like really, and she, when, when we'd been working together probably almost four and a half months and she came to a session and she said, this is tiring. <laughs> and I said, yes. And I suggest you get a lot more sleep. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she was like, she looked at me and she's like, what? Because of course she comes from the productivity era, right? She's like, what? I said, in fact, I want you to plan that first. Yeah. I want you to already know what time you're getting off half an hour early and what you're going to do. So she did. And she, the next session she goes, Oh my gosh. She's like, she says, when you told me that I really needed, like my spirit was doing all this work, my soul was doing all this work and and my body actually needs extra rest. It was just like a permission slip. I love that. She was like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I said, Oh no, 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 no. You need you. If you're (laughs) feeling it, you need to do it. You, You need that rest. And she was like, Oh, Oh, and she's like, I am feeling so much better. It's still hard. I said, I know, but she, but then she, but she got to the point where she was like, but I'm feeling so peaceful. Yeah, it is. That's it's a lot it. of work, it is. and I know you know that with yeah. your clients, right? Absolutely. What do you find to be the most meaningful part of your work? Um, I. I think the most meaningful part is when my clients have those aha moments. Mm-hmm. Like, um, just they have these, it's like me standing in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yes. When they have those moments. Like an and a I lens get to, shift. I get to see it. Yes. Yeah. I get to see it. And they're like, oh, literally. And they'll mm-hmm. be like, oh. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like they just like their mind is being blown, right? Yes. I didn't blow it. They blew it. Yes. <laughs> they let the, going. the space, they let themselves soften to the possibility of that that perspective yes. shift, which can be so scary. But when we do it, it can really I I like when it happens to me, it it, it feels like um just more expansive, like more 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 room or something or mm-hmm. more unburdened or it's it's I think we get hooked on it once you've had that experience of of realizing that there is a way I can feel that's better than this if I go through this scary this scary door <laughs> of change. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. totally get that facilitating or just being a witness to it really, just being a witness to other people getting to that moment is so incredibly magical. I mm-hmm. yeah, it's such a privilege really to get to see that. Oh, I love that. I bet you have that happen a lot in your feel like in specifically what you're doing. And I just think the time we're at, like exactly what's happening in history right now, this is so, this must, this is just such a beautiful bridge that you're offering. I just think it's never been more needed and more necessary. And it's so, I'm so appreciative to, to know that you exist as someone who can speak both languages (laughs) translate, right? It's, I think that that is absolutely um, just incredible and what a gift. And and how, what is the best way for people to find you? Because I imagine we will, people will want to. <laughs> how do we find you? Well, my Instagram 
Um, and that's so funny. As soon as you ask, I go, uh, and oh, I'll share it Instagram? in the show notes. <laughs> that we pull it here. Cut the gap. Yeah, here. they can email me directly at hello at get your light back. And your com. Instagram is at Bonnie Scott Life Coach. And I'll, yep. I'll share that in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Bonnie, I can't thank you enough for your time today. And just. I, it has been an honor. Aww. It has been just an honor to be able to like share your energy and all of the insights that you had. <laughs> it's so beautiful because it leaves me so hopeful that the generations can find what they're what they both so desperately want, which is just true connection. Agree. That's exactly what I want. Exactly what I think we all want. And just trying to find a way for our viewpoints to start to come together that we can speak the same language. And that's, it's like really, I'm very deeply passionate about wanting to see that happen more because I get so much, um, it just breaks my heart when I see what feels like wasted connection or something like when there's waste when it's like there you two all everyone here loves each other so much <laughs> and there's just something not getting we're just not able to communicate enough to and, and not even communicate just like see things we're not able to stand on the same field together about this mm. and i really want to find a way to that pasture that we can all stand together and 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 find that connection yeah, and and be different at the same time. Yes, be able to hold. It's like we room all get to be it. who we are, right? Yes, and just enjoy it. Yeah. Just like enjoy it. Just be like, oh yeah, that yeah. This is this is my son or this is my daughter, and they're totally different. Than yes, me, and to be I able to tolerate love. the difference. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, I. But more than tolerate, it's just like, oh, they're totally different than me, and I just love them to death. I think they're fantastic. We have so much fun together, mm. and yet we're totally different. Yes, that's that's so beautiful. Yeah, that's the goal. That's a, that's a really beautiful aspiration. Well, thank you again. Thank it's you such for an having honor. me. Yeah, just just a true. I gained so much from talking with you. Thank you. <laughs>